Thanks for clocking in to Becoming a Better Nurse podcast. I'm Rebecca. And Aaron. Together, we like to offer ideas, conversations, and solutions to help educate, elevate, and empower nurses. Okay, so part of the stroke assessment and kind of like what we wanted to finish off with is just a really quick what you can do a five minute neuro assessment you know you do frequent neuro checks with all of our stroke patients tpa patients and you know you want to do a thorough uh, neuro assessment and everybody's got a little idea different idea of what a thorough neuro assessment is but the main points are we want to get it across was to do um a, a quick efficient and where you can see consistent changes if you're going to see changes. Yeah, and if you're new, this is probably going to take you a while to get it under five minutes because you want to be as thorough as possible. But the reality is as once you do it more and more frequently, it becomes faster and faster. So just realize that you're not going to do it immediately under five minutes. The goal is to be under five minutes, uh, but definitely fo- focus on taking your time first to make sure you're doing it the right th- the right way, doing the right thing. And then over time, just like anything, when you practice over time, you will become faster. Now, this is just a neuro assessment. It's not the NIHSS, um, but and you don't have to be five minutes. It's not like we're you know yeah, you're timed on it. Yeah. But when you're when you're doing things and you've got a lot going on, you, you really um, want to try to streamline some of your your assessments. And as you um, get better, it's going to be easier to and, do. And I always know that assessments like this, some of the best assessments are done routinely when you're just with your patient and talking to them so as you're chatting you're just picking up cues you know you're like playing detective so you're you know you're asking questions like how you doing what's your name and immediately you're just gathering intel and information as you're talking to them yeah you you definitely um, start your neuro assessment every time you do an assessment just mm-hmm. because so um, you know patient care it starts with that so you know we we thought we would conglomerate it up into a quick little head-to-toe and um, it starts with uh, the two kind of go together GC and LOC. GCS is Glasgow Coma Scale. Everyone should have one of those when you're doing, when every neuro patient should have one when you're um, assessing because that's what the uh, doctors actually ask for. So um, GCS is your, um, how alert are they? Are they drowsy? Are they comatose? You know, their speech, um, are they answering questions? Are they confused? And then are they posturing? Are they, um, if they're comatose, are they posturing? What kind of posturing are they doing? Is it reflexive? Is it um, not reflexive? Things like that. So And so the highest score you can get is a 15 on that. That's a really perfect score. That's like basically us normal people. And then the lowest score you can get is pop quiz. A three. A three. Even Uh, even a dead person gets a three. Yeah, it'll never be a zero. Yeah. and to perform a simple GCS classical coma scale, uh, I, you know you could. There's prior to actually assessing patients. There's also the report assessment. So as you're getting report, you're looking in the at, in the room, and you can tell if a patient's like intubated. You can tell if they're moving around. So that kind of gives you an idea of where you're headed. Um, so a GCS, like Rebecca says, are they alert in orient times three, or are they comatose, basically? Mm. So. Yeah, they can be alert, but they can be confused, and they're not answering questions, but they're mumbling. That's considered, um, you know, less alert. So even though they're alert but confused, there's a um, scoring for that. So keep an eye on what they're saying and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, to start off, you can basically ask them, hey, you know, when you're walking into the room. My name is Aaron, and I'm here to take care of you. Can you tell me your name? 
they'll tell you their name. If they can't tell you your name, obviously that's a deficit in neurologically. Yeah. And then you ask them another question. You can ask them, okay, um, what's your date of birth? And already there, you're asking two questions, and plus you're getting your patient identifier uh, for medications or whatever if you're doing that as well. So you're asking them their name, are they answering it yes or no? Uh, are they answering it correctly or incorrectly? And then you're asking them for the date of birth, um, and you're finding out if they're answering correctly or incorrectly. Yep, you can ask what month it is, you can ask what state you live in. That's getting their orientation, and then you can kind of go from there as to how alert they are. And then you want to know if they're following commands, right? Yes. Following commands, obviously an alert patient will follow commands. If they're comatose, you're going to go a different route. You're going to check responsiveness. You're going to use painful stimuli. You're going to use, um, you know, cor corneal reflexes. If they're going into, you know, you kind of do a, a protective eye movement for their eyes. There's ways to um, assess the responsiveness of a comatose patient or even an induced coma under sedation. Sometimes you can wean the sedation off a little bit to do a neuro assessment. It really depends on the stability of the patient and what the orders are, but there is a way of getting response out of even a comatose patient. I always like to ask them if they can give me a thumbs up uh, or hot or, or not, yes or no. Sometimes with intubated patients, you put your finger in their hand and you ask them to grab or squeeze. And I don't, I don't personally believe that's a really good uh, following command question because they could just be doing it out of reaction. So a lot of times, uh, you got to ask for them to let go. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, more. Yes, yeah, so exactly. So a bit more better detail uh, for this question for the follow commands. Ask them if they can give you a thumbs up or. Ask them to not yes and ask them to not to not no, and those are really good ways of of uh, somebody that's following commands. Yep. So um, your charting should should show that uh, that assessment GCS score, and that will go into your chart. Um, asking to follow commands if an alert oriented patient, and you're doing frequent neuro assessments, you want them to raise their arms. You want them to um, grip your hands equally, so you can test grip strength. Um, they raise their arms up. Um, ask them to push down against you. Raise their shoulders. Um, stick out their tongue. Um, all that is assessing cranial nerves and um, assessing their responsiveness. Yeah. Now, if they have a deficit, there should be a way for you to chart that. Um, I usually have them hold out their arms equally, push down on my hand so I can I can um, see them following commands and feel their strength. And then I have them roll their hands up in the palm upright, and then they close their eyes. And if you see a drift, that's a pronator drift, and that's actually um, a chartable change that you would need to... Um, record and possibly report if it's the only change and you're worried about like blood pressure issues and then they're having some sort of changes yeah. and just to kind of simplify it again guys neuro assessments you want to start off with just the most simple information possible so gcs score is is the best thing you can get and neurosurgeons typically like rebecca says ask for this score um and as you are progressing in this patient's care plan or every day you can see if their gcs is getting better it's getting worse and again just to even simplify you more gcs it, it's really th a score of three categories eye-opening verbal response and motor response so number one um when you're talking to the patient are they are their eyes opening spontaneously to you as as you're talking right and if they're comatose or they're not really talking, then you have to start eliciting pain to get that score. So are they spontaneously looking at you? If not, you have to go up to them and scream at them. Open your eyes. And if they're opening their eyes to uh, to sound. And then if not, then you start doing, then you have to start doing 
you have to start eliciting a response somehow. So you use pain, pain, mm -hmm. and external rub, central, their fingers. central nervous system uh, pain. So a lot of times you would squeeze their um, muscle right next to their neck to see if they wake up. Sometimes sternal rub, and there's little pressure points in your in your eyes. And a lot of times they will open their eyes, and if not, sometimes they'll localize. But if they keep their eyes closed, that's that's still not responding to to pressure. Um, so just keep that in mind. There's and, and there's like a a progression so you talk to them you scream at them and then you elicit pain right right uh, and then obviously the verbal response is all based on the questions you ask them and then the motor response is also uh, based on on then ob obeying commands and if they don't don't obey commands then it's then you start basically eliciting pain so you but the, you kind of already did with the GCS correct too. correct and then that'll, that'll give you a score and obviously if they're not eliciting pain when you're when you're causing them pain or they're not localizing um they're the square score they can get is a number one but somewhere in between they will you you won't even need to either obeying commands um if not when you're listening pain they're localizing to the pain and that's that's also the second best thing and then after that you're looking for posturing you can withdraw from pain. So like if you use their fingertips on each of the arms and they pull away from the pain, that is a withdrawal pain. So that's a response. You can do that on all four extremities and um, you can get an idea if they're feeling on the below the knee or above the knee, you know, I mean, uh, any of the extremities, sometimes spinal um, assessments would be different because of the location of where their impingement was or if they have a tumor or some sort of issue. Um, neuro, central neuro should not should not make a difference with the extremity. So, But you do test all the extremities. Yeah. And so obviously we start off with the GCS and just, you know, interactions like that and then uh, more complex. So like Rebecca was saying, you go into... Um, raising their arms, seeing if they have a drift. Um, I, I You can start off anyways, but I usually start off with the eyes myself. Mm -hmm. After you ask the questions and get a good GCS, have them follow your, your fingers. And then um, from there, I usually ask them to smile for me, show me your teeth, or is it equal? And then from there, I, ask, I tell them to close their eyes and I do sensation, touch their, their face, touch their arm, touch their legs to see if they're, if they're, the sensation's equal on both sides. Um, and then I do strength. Have them put their hands up, you push down, have them push down, you resist, have them resist, um, and then the legs as well. Also, um, pupils, you kind of throw the pupils in there at one point or another. Pupillary changes sometimes are another key sign for comatose patients, especially if they are um, unequal. That's a huge, um, that's a big sign that you need to call the, um, not not call a neurosurgeon. That's a sign that you need to follow their neurostatus a little closer. The big sign to call the neurosurgeon for is blown pupils. That blown means pupils. they are very wide, the biggest pupil you've ever seen in your entire life, and they don't react. That's an emergency that needs to be talked. Call the neurosurgeon right away. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, to recap, you know, neuro neurosystems are usually pretty quick once you've done a, a bunch of them, and typically, a lot of them can be done in under five minutes. Um, obviously, it takes time. You have to practice getting into a routine with the patient, talking to them, and then assess them as you're talking to them. But but you can definitely do neuroassessments in under five minutes and pretty thorough neuroassessments. So just just have a good, have a good flow of it. Um, grab information as you're talking to the patients, and um, that's the biggest thing. 
For me, sometimes when I worked night shift, we actually would ask if we could have a break from the neuro assessment from the um, ICU standpoint because they needed sleep. And I would get a lot of um, irritable patients. And sometimes irritability is a change of LOC. And sometimes it's just they're tired and crabby. So a lot of times I would pre-warn the patient that I was going to be doing frequent neuro assessments. And then also if there was a time where they used the call bell and I would put them on the bedpan or they asked appropriate questions or they ask for, you know, um, something to be changed in the room, you know, they would ask for something, then I knew that they were alert and oriented, right? So you're doing an LOC check kind of right there. If they're getting up and going on the bedpan, you're not doing a formal neuro assessment, but they are purposeful, they're moving all yeah. extremities, and they're not complaining of any numbness, tingling, weakness, blurry vision, anything like that. You're That's considered a neuro check in my opinion. Yeah, even so, if they're getting up going to the bathroom, you're already assessing them neurologically as they're getting up. I mean, you're assessing their strength, you're assessing whether there's, you know, it's equal on both sides. You're assessing the, you know, they're following commands. I mean, you're getting all that information as you're doing things throughout it's the It's all a normal assessment. So that that could be considered a neuro check. So just because it's not a formal show me your tongue, stick out your tongue, it's just, you know, um, as you go along with the patient. Because then you, what happens is you usually find a sign whether they're hard to arouse. And you have to keep in mind if you give them sedation or something, you got to give them yeah. a little bit of extra, you know, um, time if you gave them something for headache, you know. So, you just kind of you get the used to the you get used to the patient and what they're doing and you kind of get an idea of you know what's a change and what's not a change and um you'll have a better confidence in reporting changes to the neurosurgeons as you um get comfortable with your patient and how they're doing yeah and obviously you know it takes time it takes practice so as you do it more often you'll get more comfortable and as you interact with the physicians uh, some of them will have particular things that they ask and you'll know what to what to, what information to give them so that um, because every physician is different but for the most part uh, typically the neurosurgeons will ask for the main things but again these can be done in under five minutes um, uh, let us know what tips you guys have on your neuro assessments and we'd love to hear from you guys thanks for listening Time to clock out thanks for listening if you like what you hear please hit the like button and subscribe stat follow us on Instagram, you can find us on Becoming a Better Nurse. Until next time.